Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. The events of Good Friday, we read the the passion narrative in John. Uh, It's chaos. Once morning breaks on Friday, Jesus is uh, held prisoner and put on this farce of a trial. And the crowd that a week ago had hailed his entrance into Jerusalem as the Messiah, the son of David, now is yelling, crucify him, release to us this criminal, put this king to death. His apostles are all either betraying him, denying him, or fleeing. And Jesus is left alone to suffer this, um, this indignity, this injustice by himself, except for a few close followers, his mother, the beloved disciple, some of the women who had ministered to him and taken care of him. And then he gives up his spirit and dies, and darkness covers the whole earth. The veil in the temple is torn, and the earth shakes, and craziness. Everything that Jesus had done for the previous three years in his public ministry seems to have been kind of undone. And here is this corpse of a man hanging from a cross, a total failure, utterly weak and helpless, put to death by the powers that be that were over him and proved that his whole idea of the kingdom of God was just a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. This is the real world. This is what happens to people like him. But all during his ministry, Jesus had dropped various hints that this was how it had to end and that it was actually good, that this was necessary, and that something beyond this was going to happen because of this. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. It was a very tender moment after the... um, institution of the Eucharist, when Jesus has his Last Supper discourse just before they go out to pray at the Mount of Olives. I mentioned it last night for the Holy Thursday Mass. But there in John chapters like 14 to 17, he tries to give this last little encouragement to his apostles because although they have no idea what's about to happen, they get a sense that something's up. He keeps saying, where I'm going, you cannot come. Like, where are you going? Um, He says, where I'm going, you will know the way. Thomas says, how are we going to know the way? He says, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. Whoever comes to me will have eternal life. Um, He gives these little encouragements, this little fervorino, because he knows that not only will they be shocked by what happens, but they'll be shocked by how they react and the weakness of their faith. And he knows that what's coming with the resurrection, the ascension, Pentecost, that he's going to be giving them authority, an important role in spreading the fruits of this grain of wheat that has died and borne much fruit. It's on them and through them, through the church, that that fruit will will come about in the kingdom of God. So to remember this last moment of him speaking with them, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God have faith also in me. Even as he's falling three times under the weight of the cross, have faith in me. Even as they're uh, crowning him with thorns, mocking him with the purple cloak, and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and making fun of him, and by extension, making fun of the Jews, all those who have faith in this God, this is your king, have faith in me. 
as he's being nailed to the cross and given bitter wine to drink as he's thirsting and, and dying and hanging there, saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Have faith in me. He says, I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler, ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father and that I do, I do just as the Father has commanded me. The ruler of the world is coming. You can almost sense Satan prowling, circling this upper room, knocking on the door, waiting for his chance to pounce. Jesus has eluded him this whole time and all the traps that the Pharisees had set and all these plots to undermine him and to, to uh, be rid of him. Finally, Jesus is laying his life down, allowing himself to be ensnared. Um, the ruler of the world is coming, but he has no power over me. Don't be tricked. What's hap- what happens today, this is not uh, me being ensnared. It's me ensnaring him, tying him up. The strong man is coming in to bind this one who's enslaved you and then driving him out to set you free. It says, It is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When you read the Last Supper discourse, it, it seems that the whole point of the Passion is Pentecost, the fulfillment of the Paschal Mystery. I have to go. I have to leave you. I'm only going to speak with you like this for a little while, but then I'm going to speak to you directly, heart to heart. I will speak to the world through you. It will be my voice they hear. Whoever hears the truth hears my voice. And I will give you the spirit of truth, the advocate. So the whole passion leads to Pentecost, where this river of life that had come from the Godhead from the very beginning and created everything that is and made it good and made us very good, that had been pent up, dammed up by our sin. The river of life is just waiting, like bursting at the, at the edges, waiting to be set free by one human will that would assent completely to the will of the Father, to surrender himself completely into his hands, to let that river flow into him and through him and out of him in total self-emptying love. And that's what Jesus does on Good Friday. He opens the floodgates of God's mercy and his love into the world. When he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. My favorite quotes of St. Augustine. Whatever belongs to Christ by nature belongs to us by grace. Absolutely everything that Christ has in his divinity, in his humanity, belongs to us, his members, the members of his body, the church, through grace, through the grace of the sacrament. Nothing that belongs to Christ doesn't now also belong to us, even his mother. He gives everything to us. And so, what do we do on Good Friday? We open ourselves up once again, to the goodness of God, the mercy of God, that would do something so reckless, so loving. It's hard to look at the cross, to really look at it, or in your own meditation, your own mental prayer, to put yourself at the foot of the cross with Mary and John, to look at him, the one pierced for our offenses. Because the cross is God's judgment of the world. The beginning of the Gospel of John, he says, this is the verdict that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light. 
because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. When we look at the cross, we see we have preferred darkness to light. When the light came into the world, this is what we did. We said, get away from us. I would rather hide in the darkness like Adam and Eve hid from God in the garden because we know there's something wrong with us. I want something that I can't have unless you're not in the picture. What Jesus has come is, to do is to just show us, A, this is what that looks like. Deicide. The assassination of God. To have his created goods, but to say no to the creator and his goodwill for those goods. But also, this is how much I want to restore you. That this misery that you've chosen doesn't have to be the end of the story. You can come back to me. The river of life can be opened up once again in you, in the world, in our church. It says in the Last Supper, I no longer call you servants but friends because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I've revealed everything of my father's will to you. And there's no greater than love than this than to lay down your life for your friends. Friends, he nev- no longer calls us servants, slaves. He calls us friends. And the other reason it's hard to look at the cross, I think, is because you look at it and you say, why would you do that for me? What do you see in me that would make that worth it to you? What glory must I be destined for that I'm missing? That you would come all the way down here and completely divest yourself of your glory and majesty to take on the form of a slave, a criminal, to identify yourself so totally with sinners, to be crucified and pierced for me. I think it's hard to look at the cross and truly look at it because that's a scary thought. How could I possibly live that Jesus sees that I don't see? What good could I do if that's worth it to God so that I may do it? This is the only day of the year that we have the tabernacle empty and that in lieu of genuflecting to the Eucharist, which is not in the church on Good Friday, we genuflect to the cross. And the service is called the adoration, the veneration of the Holy Cross. And in just a moment, we'll um, bring up the crucifix for adoration. Um, Because of COVID, we cannot kiss the cross as you might be accustomed to doing on Good Friday or touch it even but simply to come up one at a time as if for communion after um, I will do, adore the cross first just for a brief moment and then either come to do a genuflection or kneel for a brief moment in front of the cross and return to your seat. The cross will remain in here after the service and uh, when you leave you can genuflect again to the altar even though that's the, tab- uh, the tabernacle is empty because this is the day we adore the holy cross the, on which hung the salvation of the world that we stay with Jesus at the foot of the cross and look at, the, at God's verdict on the world and on how we've lived up until now, but how we might live if we let this grain of wheat that has died bear fruit in the church through the onrushing of the Holy Spirit through Pentecost and what's happened 
because of this great sacrifice and is now available to us in Christ.